We are the 12-sided guys. We have Matt as Pine. Hi. Scott as Joff. That's me. Sorry, I have a mouthful. I'm so sorry. (laughs) (laughs) Jordan as Ebby. Salutations. Sabrina as Nari. Hey there. And me, Paul, as Auld Lang Syne, who I can only imagine is some kind of mystical, sneaky fairy thing that comes around at the beginning of each new year to try to get you to break your New Year's resolutions. Auld Lang Syne, what a jerk. (laughs) I don't know. I never really pay attention to that song. Anyway, thanks for coming along with us on this adventure. We've had some close calls, some great laughs, an abundance of mysteries, and some very heartfelt moments, and even a little romance. No, I guess not. Not really any romance. But now, as we approach a new year, we resolve to give you more of this adventure with which we've fallen in love. And maybe you can resolve to spread the word about us. Let's make 2022 the year of the 12-sided guys. The more support we get, the more content we can put out there. So check us out on Patreon as well at patreon.com slash 12-sided guys. That's one, two-sided guys. Anyway, if you wish the mayor of your town was as cool as Mike Hagar, then this podcast is for you. It's the Crystal Codex, episode 45. Oh my car. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh, that's so good. So Pine's resolution for this new year is to uh, be a good wingman for Joff. Oh <laughs> there you go. man. Yeah, let's get some romance up in here. Now, now, Joff is pining for someone, an old love. Maybe that'll come in in the story down the road. Joff needs a rebound. <laughs> oh my gosh little bachelor bachelor night <laughs> oh man <laughs> he had the he had potential there was pander uh, pander the butt pine as a uh, completely heterosexual man would just be like what about him is he hot <laughs> what about that one over there <laughs> Ebby is constantly trying to sabotage it for some reason no <laughs> that one would never ever work nope Joff is also like trying to sabotage it too because he's still you're way too good for them Joff (laughs) yeah no one no one can compare all right well welcome back to our main storyline we have Nari and the boys with their companion Magister Colbry or I guess we can just call him Colbry now he's not the Magister of anything I say we still call him Fulbry because Colbry is not his name you can call him whatever you want. Um, I will continue to call him Colbury just because that is what he calls himself. Daddy? <laughs> you figured it out. <laughs> I got to change all my notes now. Oh, man. Oh, okay. Um, yeah, but um, Nari and the boys and their ally Colbury have descended down deep, deep, deep beneath Summer Home through some treacherous climbs, a near fatal slip when... Uh, let's see, Pine was surrounded by two people who he was tied off to who both slipped off of a platform when the earth started to shake. Um, you have gotten down as this uh, this abyss, this chasm has funneled down to this singular point where you have crawled through the kind of the, the, uh, the very lowest portion of this chasm and into this open room, this 40 foot by 40 foot room. There's a hallway heading off to the east and another heading off to the south. Uh, There is no light in here, but there's four pillars in the middle of this room surrounding some kind of a, like a, an antique or a um, kind of an intricate cage of some kind. It looks like it was large enough to hold um, large uh, animals of some kind, but here you are in the fortress. Oh, and the other thing is it looks like that on the north wall behind you um, are some shuttered windows. Do those windows open? Pine would like to try to open one of those windows. You pull the shutters open and you see rock right on the other side. I don't know what I was expecting. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, So does this look significantly older than um, this whole area? This actually, why don't you make a uh, either, uh, let's have you make an investigation check just kind of to figure out kind of what you can spot about this area. Anybody can make this if they want to. All right, now you got a 14. Joff also got a 14. Pine got a 16. 
And Evie got a 16 as well. <laughs> what in the world? Two sets of twins. Twinning. Yeah, two sets of twins. Um, as you guys are looking around here, um, it looks like this is old but intact. Surprisingly well intact. Um, the walls are still straight. You know, it doesn't look like anything has caved in. The pillars in the center of the room are still holding the ceiling up. Um, even the cage in the middle of the room is not really tarnished or it's not uh, rusted or anything like that. Um, there's no water leaking in or anything. This place looks um, fairly intact. How old it is? Hard to say. It's hard to say how old this place is. Colby's <laughs> <laughs> going to start walking around and looking at this weird cage contraption in the middle of this room. Yeah, I guess Ebby's going to maybe kind of do the same. Okay. This cage is probably about seven feet tall. And as you're looking in it, it looks like it's got um, like metal bars that go um, across like horizontal through here. It's like there's little perches and things like that. And as you're looking, Ebby, your knowledge of like animals and things, it seems like this might be a cage for either like squirrels or some kind of like a tree type creatures or birds. But it's very large. So it would either house some very large birds or a lot of small birds. This is the the raptor cage from the <laughs> Jurassic Park. <laughs> Shoot her! Shoot her! <laughs> well, well, Abby, you said that um, you have memories of of being of uh, being bird like before being machine. Maybe this was like a a place where they just stuck their kids while they were working. A playpen. It's a playpen. Yes. Interesting. Well, that's very, you know, progressive to provide childcare on site. So <laughs> <laughs> I don't know that I would qualify this as childcare. Yeah, it might be more neglect. <laughs> <laughs> How dare you? <laughs> These are my people. So I guess while, while you guys are investigating the, the, the cage, Pine would go basic. Let's just start with the, the hall on the east and kind of set up a watch there make sure that nothing dangerous is coming that way and see if you can see any signs of anybody traveling that direction. Sure. Um, Pine, you're standing there at the kind of the hallway that heads off to the east. As you're looking down, it it looks like with your dark vision, um, you can see that the hallway extends probably about uh, 30 feet. And then it looks like it opens up into another room, but it gets too dark at the end. You can't see kind of what's at the other end of that room. Okay. Joff will do the same on the southern corridor. Okay. Um, The southern corridor appears to be shorter than the uh, eastern corridor. It opens up into a room as well. And as you're looking down, you can see that the room opens up. um, And then you can also see that it looks like there's another doorway um, on the eastern wall um, that is open. It looks like there's no door um, on these doorways. Like this is an arch. Okay. Does anybody see any signs of, of which direction anybody would have traveled in this room? Footprints or markings. Maybe somebody was marking their path. Why don't you make an investigation check? Colbury has figured out how to open this cage. And he is now walking into the cage, looking around. Nari is going to follow him into that cage. Pine found no signs of anyone. It's amazing. Even you aren't leaving any kind of tracks of footprints. I rolled in that one. (laughs) Jeff got an 18 investigation to look for any sort of footprints. Okay. Um, as you are looking, you actually, you see numerous sets of footprints and kind of, so I said it's very intact here, but there is still like dust and, you know, kind of, there is a, a settling of this place and you can see footprints moving around and it looks like they head off to the east and to the south. So it's hard to say, um, there's not one specific path that was taken. I can see at least two paths that were taken and, and I'm not sure which one was more recent. Well, I guess it's going to be just flip a coin. Hey, Colbury, what are you doing in there? I'm just fascinating, fascinating. And he, he's looking around and he says, I've seen cages like this before. It's a, it's a bird cage. And then he actually, like, he actually uh, kind of pushes on one of the little bars that's, uh, hang, that's kind of in there and it kind of swings. You know, like how birds have a little swing in there, like Tweety Bird, you know, he kind of pushes that and it starts to swing. And so it looks like this was some kind of a cage for, um, for, you know, birds, like small birds. It's an aviary. Yes. That's the word. And I can't imagine they kept, um, 
the birds or these windows underground. So clearly this is not uh, the environment it once was in. I mean, the cage would be useful here now if, you know, I've heard about canaries to make sure mine shafts are safe. But um, you're right. The fact that there's windows here, I don't think this place was always buried. Colbry is sitting down um, on the ground with a book out, um, taking notes. Nari would like to kind of just poke around the cage and see if she can find any remnants of its previous inhabitants and just kind of verify that they were normal, God-fearing birds. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Why don't you make uh, an investigation check, another investigation check? Uh, rolled an 11. There is some kind of debris and just uh, uh, a little layer of dust and silt and, and film and things at the, at the bottom of the cage, but nothing intact. If there was some kind of like a skull of anything or anything like that, it would have probably deteriorated long ago. I, I love that Col- Colbury's notes, he, he sits down and starts writing notes in his book. And it's like, it's just like, dear diary, today I found a big ass bird cage for little birds. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Jeez. All right. Well, Colbury's just going to write and take notes. So are you guys going to wait for him or are you guys going to start exploring some more? All right, Colbury, before we keep going, you need to tell us your name. I'd like to know what we should call you. Make a persuasion check. Ugh, I shouldn't have said anything. <laughs> I got a nine on persuasion. My name is Colbury. Just call me Colbury. All right, well, I will be as forthcoming with you then from here on out. Okay, Roos. <laughs> Colbury doesn't know that's not his name anymore. <laughs> His information's out of date. <laughs> That's right. There's plenty you don't know about me. Tell you what. You tell me about you, and I'll tell you about me. But another time. Okay. East or south? East or south? Which way? Which way? Which way? All right. Call it heads or tails. Jaffle or I'll flip a coin. Who, who's calling it? <laughs> <laughs> no, it's in the air. You do that so high. <laughs> it's still flying up there. <laughs> only only Joff can see that um that uh uh Squire is holding it up. He's, he's just standing on his tiptoes <laughs> holding it up as high as he can, kind of slowly spinning it in his fingers. <laughs> Tails is south, east is uh heads. Okay. Let's let's roll it. Okay. What uh let's see. Evens it's heads, odds is tails. Okay, it looks like it lands landed up heads. We'll go my way. It looks like the path goes down just maybe 25, 30 feet and then opens to another room, but I can't see the far end of it. Would you like me to go up quietly first and then, then call you guys with me? Yeah, that sounds like a good idea. Okay. Yes, do be careful, though. I'll do my best. Joff will sneak ahead. I got a 20 on my stealth check. Nice. All right. All right, yeah, you start sneaking down the hallway. And with your dark vision, as soon as you get to kind of the end of this hall, you see it opens up to a relatively small room, just about 20 feet by 20 feet. You can see again on the north wall, there's another window. But in front of you, there's this desk. And this desk has, um, it looks like uh, a, a chair up against up underneath the desk. There is a book that is open on the desk as well. There's really nothing else in this room, just this kind of writing desk and a book. And there's a little uh, like a, an ink well and then there may have been a quill there but it's probably disintegrated long ago it's a 20-foot room there's another hallway that heads south from where you're at joff will quietly whistle for them to come into the room and he will move towards the door facing to the south or the hallway facing the south uh joff as you're standing there at this hallway you can see it goes about 20 feet and then there is a door at the other end of the hallway that is shut so you can't see what's at the other end of this hall okay Joff will, as they're coming into the room, he'll go up to the door and just to see if it's locked or not. Okay. Not open it, but just to check if it's locked. You go towards the door. The door is, um, it is mahogany. (laughs) No, actually it reminds you of the doors that were in the ancient underground facility. It looks like it is on a track that, um, slides into the wall, kind of like a pocket door but it's made of like metal. Can I tell if it's locked or not? Or is it, uh, you put your hand on it and I just want you to do a, a sleight of hand check. Okay. Got a 15 on sleight of hand. Okay. As you touch the door and you 
you kind of just the tension of your fingers, you kind of pull it just a little bit to see if it's latched in place. You can feel that it has some give to it. So it is probably not locked. Okay. I'll wait for the group. Okay. What's the, what's everybody else doing in that, in that small room? There is a, a desk with a book on it and that's really all that's in that room. Yeah. Nari would want to go over to the desk and see what the book is. See if there's any notes rummage through drawers, stuff like that. Yeah, likewise for Ebby. See if she can fit underneath it. If it's a good <laughs> hiding spot. <laughs> <laughs> this is a flashback. All right, as you guys are in this room looking at this book, the book is actually open to a page. And as you look at this page, um, there's uh, a little bit of like writing around this picture. This picture, it's like a diagram. Think of like um, Leonardo's, uh, Leonardo da Vinci's, uh, what is it, the, the man? The, the Turian man? Yes, yes. Um, except for it's not a man. It is some kind of a being, uh, thin, long-limbed, um, with arms and legs and wings spreading out of its back. And you can see, um, Ebby, as you're looking at it, you can see that the notes that are written around it are all written in allele. Um, Nari and Pine. Uh, so you guys are checking in drawers. As you start to pull on drawers, make... Um, I know we're doing a lot of investigation checks, but make a quick investigation check for each of you. Uh, Nari got a 17. Pine got a 12. Uh, Pine, you open up a drawer and there's nothing in there. Um, looks like there may have been some paper in there that has since like disintegrated away. Um, Nari, as you open a drawer on the other side of the desk, you find there is a sack full of crystals. Um, before you have a chance to do anything, Joff, you hear something on the other side of the door. Okay. Jeff has his scarf of comprehend languages activated, by the way. It is not a language that you are hearing. It is movement. Oh. Nari's going to pocket the whatever's in that uh, sack and just kind of grab that for the moment. What, what does it sound like, the movement? You're going to stop and listen? Yes. Okay. The door swings open and standing in front of you is a man-sized mechanical being, some kind of a construct. It is, um, it doesn't look like Ebby. It's made of copper and brass, but it doesn't have the humanity that is built into Ebby's chassis, right? This is more squared off and um, lots of hard edges and angles. It walks um, kind of uh, stutteringly. It has in two hands, it has hammers. Um, Actually, it doesn't even have hands. Its hands are hammers. And you can see it opens the door and is standing right in front of you. Behind it, you see another one that looks just like it. And then you see these two smaller constructs that have like this. Um, they, they have legs. They don't have arms. And then their chest kind of sticks out and is flat. Um, and if you were to think of what it reminded you of, it, it almost reminds you of like a walking anvil. So you see two of these creatures with hammer hands and two of these uh, constructs that have uh, this anvil chest. And so what we're going to call them just to so we can keep it straight. We're going to call them hammer hands and Andy anvil. <laughs> We're going to call them the um, Anvil Ormec and the Smithing Ormec. So you can call them Anvil and Smith. Okay. All right. And um, Joff, you're standing right there. It's going to take some attacks at you, and then we're going to roll some initiative. So let's see. It is going to make two attacks at you with its hammer hands. Does a 12 hit you or a 13? Neither of those hit. Let's roll some initiative. Pine rolled a 9. Nari rolled a 22. Ebby rolled a big powerful 8. Joff got a 9. Nari got a 22? Hell yeah. (laughs) That's awesome. Nice. All right, let's see. Well, Nari's going first. All right, come at me, bro. Well, let's see. All right, so Nari's going to pocket that bag of crystals and then run down towards Joff. Um... Could you kind of get up behind him in this doorway and attack at the the guy behind him? You cannot. Joff is blocking this narrow five foot wide hallway. um, And the other, the Smith Ormek is right on the other side of him. So there's nowhere for you to go. Mm. Joff's going to have to move. 
Okay. Uh, I will run. I will still stay there and I'll just kind of put my hand on his shoulder and say, hey, like, push past him and I'll, I'll help you out. Um, and then I'll just basically ready an action for in case somebody gets past him or I see another enemy on my other side. Okay. Pine. Or Pine or Joff, you guys both rolled a nine. You both have 18 dexterity. So I'll let you guys choose who goes first. I'll let Joff go first. Okay. So Joff is going to try his best to kind of acrobatics over and around this guy to allow space for other people to get in. Okay. Yeah, you can move into the room. You're going to be kind of squished between him and a bookcase, but you can get in there. Okay. So Jeff got a 19 on his acrobatics check to kind of dance around. Okay. You end up standing on top of the bookcase kind of to the um, to the east of this uh, Ormec. Um, and now you have a Smith Ormec that can get you as well as one of these Anvil Ormecs. Okay. Um, and that would have been my action to jump through, right? Uh, this is part of your move. I'm not too worried about it. Um, okay, so then I will I will attack with my scimitar at the one um, in the doorway. The smith with the hammer yeah, hand? Yeah, the smith one. I got a 23 to hit. And it's a magic weapon? It is a magic weapon. Okay. Yeah, that will hit. Okay, and so it did um, six damage. Okay. And that will be my turn. You know what? You have a bonus action you want to use? Uh, oof. Actually, I will bonus action disengage and kind of scoot back just like five feet maybe. Okay, sounds good. You can see in this room that you've entered now where these Ormex are, you can see bookcases line the walls. There's some kind of a um, kind of a, a desk on the opposite wall, on the south wall. There's a, a chair that uh, is surprisingly still intact. And then you see a staircase going down, um, down further into this uh, fortress, this facility. Pine, you are up. Okay, so Pine is going to, having heard the door open, having heard the sound of getting hit by hammer hands, uh, he's going to come over and look in the hall. So I see Nari is in the hall. Is there any way to move through her? Yes, but it takes two of your movement. It takes double movement to get through him. All right, so Pine will go ahead and then um, say, what's going on? And he'll come running down the hall. Can I move past the hammer hands to open up the hallway for somebody else to come through? Um, yes, you can. Yes, you can. Yeah. So you're kind of between two Ormex and a bookcase at this point. All right. So I'm going to go ahead and take a couple swings at Hammerhands, who's blocking the hallway. Okay. So first attack. It's a 20 to hit. That'll hit. For 13 damage. Nice. And then my second attack is a 23 to hit for 12 more damage. Okay. And then I'll say, unleash with precision, Swordmaster's Fury. And I'll add an extra uh, two slashes for 2d8 more damage. So 13 more damage. Very good. That's my turn. Okay, that is your turn. Standing next to you, Pine, you have this smith, but you also have this shorter one that, you know, we'll call an anvil. Um, he is going to, it's his turn. He is going to attempt to slam you um, with a 15. Does that hit? It does not. Okay, the other anvil one is going to move around and come and try to slam Joff. Does an 11 hit you? Oh, no, an 11 doesn't hit me. All right, that brings us now to Ebby. Okay, uh, Ebby will kind of step so that we can have a look down the hallway. I don't think he's going to go down the hallway, though, at this point. It's pretty congested down there. Um, but I'm thinking, let me know if you're cool with this, Paul. It seems like he can see... Um, the one hammer smith at the end of the hall there. Yeah, yeah, you can. Totally. I'm going to, Ebby's going to kind of, you know, widen his stance, his, you know, the seams in his body kind of glow green, and I'm going to conjure a bonfire up underneath the ground and, like, kind of have it erupt underneath this guy. Perfect. So he has to make a reflex save? A 16 dex save. Yes, that's right. I... I haven't said reflex for a long time, but yes, a dexterity save. 16, he rolled a 16. Oh. Damn, that was a cool move though, Abby. Why, thank you. Um, so with that, let's see here. Um, yes, we won't take any damage, but I'm going to keep my concentration up and keep it burning right in that spot. Perfect. And so 
let's see, if they move into the space for the first time or if they end their turn there. So if that guy doesn't end up moving, then he'll end up taking damage on his turn. Okay. And we are now on to the Smith's turn. So the Smith who is standing here at the end of the hallway next to Pine is going to step forward. So now he is actually next to Nari as well as Pine. Um, and he is going to stretch his arms out to the side, both arms out to the side. And then at the waist, he spins really quickly in a helicopter type circle. And he's going to attempt to hit both of you with one hit. I need you both to make dexterity, saving throws, difficulty 13, Pine and Nari. You get a plus three, Nari. Okay, do I get to attack him too? Um, yeah, I had a ready action. Yeah, Nari, take your attack. Take your uh, take your uh, saved attack. Cool, okay. So I will take my attack against the guy who is right in front of me. And that is a nat 20 to hit. Oh my. Uh, so that is for 17. 17 damage. Nice hit. I'm going to come in right again at him with a 25 to hit for 10 damage. Okay. Okay, well my deck save with the plus three is 11, so. So then you are going to take some damage. It looks like you are going to take, uh, not too bad, only nine damage. Okay. Pine rolled a natural 20 for 27. Okay, you take four damage. And then this other Smith is going to come around and step in between Pine and Joff, and he is going to attempt to do the same thing. So two more dexterity saves, difficulty 13. Joff, you get plus three as well. Joff got a nat 20 and plus the three, so he got 30. Oh, yeah, Pine got a, thir- a 10 on that one. Okay, so Pine's going to take 12 bludgeoning damage, and Joff is going to take six. Ooh. Ooh, ooh, ooh. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Nari, that brings us back up to the top. Another nat 20 to hit. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man. Nari, nat 20, Stormfist. Nari, nat 20. So that would be 19. 19 damage. Wow, this guy is taking a ton of damage, and he is still standing. Not very well, but he is still standing. One last time for a 12 to hit. That will miss. All right, I'll call that good. Okay. All right. Magister Colby's going to move into the room next to Ebby after having heard the commotion um, and is going to kind of cower back behind Ebby and look down the hallway. Um, And that is going to be... (laughs) He casts a spell and you see a fireball thing, a little bolt of fire go flying past Nari's head, almost hitting her, but totally missing the Smith Ormac. All right. That brings us now to Joff. It's your turn. You are, you've got an Anvil Ormec and a Smith Ormec next to you. Okay. Joff will uh, attack at the Smith Ormec that just hit him and Pine. Okay. I got a nat 20. Oh my oh, gosh. Oh, hell yeah. <laughs> and I'm right there too, so you get your precision. We're killing it. Yeah. So eight slashing damage, um, 15 precision, um, and then doubled the dice. So it looks like... Um, I, I don't get the necrotic because it doesn't have flesh, right? You know what? He's not immune to necrotic. <laughs> nice. Break out the calculators, everybody. <laughs> 46 damage. Whoa. And I get 10 temporary hit points. Oh, my gosh. That's huge. Okay. And then anything else you want to do? You have bonus, bonus action and uh, move. Um, you know, I'll I'll try and see if I can take him down with uh, my offhand chakram. Got, nope, missed. Eight to hit on that one. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I got greedy. <laughs> <laughs> All right, awesome. All right, Pine, that's your turn. Well, Pine's emboldened by the uh, the, the attack that he just witnessed, um, and he's going to take a couple strikes. Does a 16 hit the smith? The 16 barely hits the smith. Actually, no. The anvil guy next to you is going to burn his reaction and intercept your attack, giving him plus five to his AC for this one attack, and you miss. Oh, uh, second attack is only an... No, 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 wait. It's a 21 to hit. I rolled an 11, but I'm going to use my disciplined focus to make it a 21. Okay, that will hit. That'll be 10 damage, and uh, that'll be my turn, yeah. Okay. We are now up to the anvils. One of them is going to try to slam 
Joff, and one of them is going to try to to slam Pine. Pine, does a 10 hit you? It does not. And Joff, does a natural 20 hit you? I think it might. It does. Okay, so here is what's going to happen, Joff. You are going to take some damage. Oh, no. You. It's not too bad. Um, you are going to take... 16 plus four. You're going to take 20 damage. Oh. And you are knocked prone. Okay. So I'm going to, I'm going to have Squire uh, soften that blow a little bit. Okay. And then, so that'll knock it. That'll cut it in half to 10. Okay. But you are knocked prone. Yep. Now I'm prone. Okay. Perfect. All right. Abby, you are up. Okay. Um, I'm still not going to head down into that hallway just yet because it's still there's all the fighting now with Nari and the other thing. I'll drop concentration on the bonfires space, and instead I will use my frostbite cantrip, um, and we're going to go ahead and have a go with this one. So this should do... Um, it's a DC 16 constitution save on that smith that's fighting Nari. Okay, DC 16 constitution save. It fails. Rolled a natural 7, so it got an 11. Okay. Cool. So he'll take seven cold damage and uh, it'll have disadvantage on the next weapon attack roll it makes. All right. Anything else you want to do? No, that, that's about it. There's not a whole lot I can do from way back here, but oh well. All right. Well, it is the Smith's turn again. So um, we're going to see if it gets its whirlwind attack back. Um, the one next to Nari does not. The one next to Joff and Pine does, but it's not going to use it. Um, the one next to Nari is going to attack Nari two times. We have got a 19 or an 8. The 19 will hit. Oh, sorry. It's an 18. 18. Oh, well, yeah, those both hit. Okay. So an 18 and then a natural one. So the 18 will hit you and that will deal only 8 damage. Okay. I can take that. Okay. The other smith is going to attack Joff two times because he is prone. Oh, no. The first attack with advantage is a 23. That hits. For 10 damage. Okay. The second attack is only a 15. That does not hit. Okay. Maybe he should have done his spin attack. Okay. (laughs) That is his turn. Nari, we are up to you. Uh, You have one in front of you. It looks like this guy is not doing well. His legs are buckling. You can see like steam and and kind of uh, uh, like smoke hissing out from the joints of this guy. As you've been fighting this guy, he definitely seems more automaton than even than the deacons uh, who are, you know, even though the deacons don't have like their own control of their bodies, they are definitely more natural and human in their movements than these guys are. These are straight up robots. Yeah, I'm going in for the for the kill blow, bro. Um, okay. So does a 15 hit? No, it does not. Okay, I'm going in again with a 14. Um, and then since I didn't do that, I'm going to action surge and actually try to hit this guy because that's a little embarrassing after. <laughs> uh, a 25 for 12 damage. You hit him with your axe and his body slams against the wall and falls into pieces. Huzzah! So you have movement and one more attack. Cool, yeah. So I will move in closer towards the hallway, but I won't stand in the doorway. Um, I'll kind of come down a little bit beneath Pine and attack the one that's next to him. Yeah, you're going to be able to attack the anvil Ormac that is next to him. Perfect. Perfect. Okay. Um, So I'll hit one more time with the axe for a nat 20. Oh, gosh. <laughs> uh, um. <laughs> We've had like six nat 20s in this encounter. Champions, man, they crit all the time. I guess that's true. You have twice the chance of critting as the and, rest and of us. And to be fair, this was a 19. It was not a 20, but it still crits. Yeah, hell yeah. So yeah, that's 13 damage. Hell yeah. And the anvil has taken damage. Okay, perfect. It is now Magister Colby's turn. He can't see anything. Um, he leans in close to you, Ebby, and he says... What's going on? Are we under attack? And that is his turn. Joff. All right. Joff will strike out. Oh, he'll stand up from the ground and he'll strike out at the hammer guy with his scimitar for a 17 to hit. That will hit. Dealing nine slashing and eight precision for 17 damage. Okay. Nice hit. 
and then he'll he'll use his offhand as well. Strike out with his chakram for twenty one to hit. Yep, I get it. And eight uh, psychic damage with that. Okay, believe it or not, they are they are not immune to psychic damage. Huh? Interesting. Okay, <laughs> they're not immune to psychic damage. Very good. Okay, Pine, you're up. This guy's still standing. He's still standing. The smith is still standing, and then you've got an anvil guy next to you who has just barely been touched by Nari, and there's another anvil guy threatening Joff. Okay. Well, I'll, I'm still on the hammer hands because he's the one doing the big damage. So first attack is an 11 to hit, which will miss. Second attack is another 11 to hit, which will miss. Tis my turn. Okay. And that brings us now to anvil guys. So, Joff, you're going to get uh, attacked again by the anvil guy next to you for a nine. I'm pretty sure that misses. That misses. And then the other anvil guy is going to attack at Pine. And he is going to uh, get a nine to hit you. So the anvil guys are less than stellar this round. Okay, Ebby, you are up. Okay, cool. I don't even know if you can really see any bad guys at this point. I can see just the edge of one of the anvil guys next to Pine, but I'm going to go ahead and just um, run down the hallway. Okay. Let's do this. I will run up and we'll do the bonfire cantrip on that anvil one that's kind of right between Pine and, and Nari. Perfect. Yeah, the one that actually can reach you too. Yeah. Um, he rolled a natural 17 for his, uh, his re- uh, dexterity. Darn. I'll keep the concentration up on that bonfire though. Um, so that way, if he ends his turn there, he'll he'll take damage. Holy crap! Ebby's a total pyro. <laughs> burn, burn it all! <laughs> You're just now realizing that. <laughs> now that brings us to the last Smith, who is still standing. Last time he got his spin attack back, so he is going to do it. I need dexterity saves from Pine and Joff. Difficulty thirteen plus three. Joff got an eighteen. Pine got a twenty-one. Okay, um, 16 damage, halved to 8 for both of you. Whittling away at me, slowly but surely. Yeah, same with me. All right, Nari, you're up. Okay, uh, Nari is going to take her axe and strike out at the one that's a little bit on fire in front of her. um, And try to take him down with a 21 to hit for 17 damage. Nice. He is looking pretty rough. The anvil guy... Although it seems like he's used to getting beat by hammers, um, he doesn't seem to hold up to your attacks nearly as well as the smiths do. Hell yeah. Um, so I'm going to come in with the second attack for 26. Yep. And that's 10 damage. Okay. Yeah, he is. Uh, he is. His uh, joints and things are buckling. Yeah, as long as we as long as we don't aim for like the anvil part of him, maybe aim for the legs and stuff. I think we're going to be able to do some damage to it. All right. From down the hall, a bolt of fire comes streaking down the hall, and this anvil gets struck by a firebolt for 10 damage. Nice. All right. And that brings us now to Joff. All right. Joff is going to keep it up. He's going to strike out with his scimitar for a 23 to hit. That'll hit. Dealing um, 8 slashing, 7 precision for 15 damage. Nice. And then he'll... Offhand with his chakram, 13 to hit. That probably misses. That missed. This guy is definitely worse for wear. Okay. Anything else you want to do? Any moves or anything? Uh, No, that'll be it. Okay, Pine, you're up. Come on, 11. That would make four in a row if I get an 11 on this attack. (laughs) That's a 13. Uh, Last episode, I had three 13s in a row. So let's do another attack on this Hammerhands guy. That's a... (laughs) Another 13. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> I don't know how to feel about this. I did not expect Hammerhands to get another move. Um, I thought he was going to go down. He only <sighs> has, at this point, five hit points left. Let's see if he gets his spin attack back. He does not. He has to pick and choose who he's attacking. And Joff is doing the most damage to him, so he is going after Joff with two attacks. Does a 15 or a 7 hit you? Neither one of those hit. Okay. Abby, you are up. Woohoo! Um, while keeping the bonfire active on Anvil Guy, I'm gonna go ahead and try and do my frostbite cantrip on the Smith guy that Pine and Joff have been working on. DC 16 Constitution save. 
This guy rolled a 17 for his constitution, so no frostbite Darn. this time. Okay. Darn. Good luck, guys. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Anvil guys turns. Okay. So let's see. The one who's got the bonfire. Now he rolled a 19 for a 19 for his deck saves. He does not take any damage. Um, Joff, you have one of them is going to attack you um, for a 21. Oof, that hits. That is going to be 15 damage, Joff. Oof. And you're knocked prone. I'll have Squire um, take away half of that for me, and then I'll fall down. And then um, Pine, the other one's going after you for 10, or no, for 11 to hit you, and that misses. Yeah, we're just missing each other. Okay, Nari, you're up. You've got an Anvil guy who has a bonfire on him. You've got a Smith that should have gone down a couple rounds ago, and you've got another Anvil guy that just keeps knocking Joff down. Damn, I guess I'm going to have to deal with this. Okay. Uh, so 24 to hit the guy who's on fire right in front of me for 15 damage. And he is done. Okay. So with him done, I'll take a step up next to Pine and I will attack the... That's the hammer guy, right? Yes. Um, I'm going to need you to make a dexterity save. Oh, no. <laughs> oh, no. oh, my God. I got a nat one. <laughs> okay, Abby, how much fire damage does she take from that bonfire <laughs> she just stepped into? <laughs> I'm so sorry. Oh. <laughs> Seven fire damage. That's okay. That's good value. <laughs> oh, man. Okay, so you're attacking the smith guy? Yeah, I'm I'm okay with that. Uh, so that's a 12 to hit. <laughs> that's a miss. Okay, so I just got burnt for nothing. Okay. <laughs> it's all good. He's, he's like super dodgy for some reason. He looks like he'd be slow, but man, he just can't land a hit on him. Yeah, he's, he's super dodgy. Yes. <laughs> all right, um... <laughs> Oh, Colbry made a roll. Um, he rolled a natural 20 for whatever he is doing. Okay, on to Joff. All right, Joff will strike out. See if I can finally end this guy. 25 to hit. Uh, that will definitely hit. Six slashing, 11 precision for 17 damage. And this smith goes down. And then with my offhand bonus action, I'll strike at the other one with my chakram for a 14 to hit. That's going to miss. So the last one standing is one of these Anvil ones, and he has not been hit yet. Okay. 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 Then that'll be my turn. All right. Pine, you're up. Pine will stand over the crumpled remains of his fiercest foe, the <laughs> Hammer Hands guy, so that he can take attacks against this Anvil robot guy. Perfect. Um, Andy Anvil. That's a nine to hit. That's a miss. A 19 to hit. There we go. He's going to get hit. With 12 damage. Okay. 12 damage to this anvil, this last guy standing. And it is now his turn. Well, uh, Pine, you just hit him, so he's going to try to attack back at you. And uh, does a 15 hit you? It does not. Okay. That's his turn. All right, Ebby. Okay, we'll drop concentration real quick on that bonfire. <laughs> okay, it disappears. All right. Um, For our actions, I mean, this is almost done, but... It comes back on a short rest, so why not? We're going to do Lord Moshe's Companion and bring out the unicorn. Okay. Hell yeah. Because <laughs> we all needed a little bit of that in our lives. Yeah. And um, I'm going to cast um, Erdos's word on Joff. Thank you. And heal you for eight points of healing damage. Or healing damage. Yes. <laughs> healing damage. <laughs> Brutal. Um, Ow, it feels better. <laughs> <laughs> it hurts so good. It hurts. Oh, yeah. Oh, <laughs> uh, John Mellencamp. <laughs> right. And then uh, everybody gets healed um, for an additional seven. That feels good. That is it. Okay. The Smith is gone. Nari, it's your turn. Okay. Nari will uh, step around this unicorn towards the last guy and... Attack him for 21 to hit with 12 damage. That will hit and deal 12 damage, yep. And then go in for a 14 to hit. That's a miss. And I think that's it for now. Okay. All right. On Colbry's turn, you see Colbry coming down the hallway. He's now standing by um, Ebby, and we will see if he can hit. Uh, you see another firebolt go flying off and miss the anvil guy. Okay, that brings us now to Joff. All right, Joff is going to slash out with his scimitar on the the last one with a 22 to hit. That'll hit. For 10 slashing and 10 precision for a total of 20 damage. Nice. 
and then come with his offhand for a 16 to hit. Barely hits. And 10 psychic damage. And this guy falls down in pieces. And you guys have defeated the Ormex here on the first floor of the Fortress Beneath Summer Home. Cue victory music. Okay. All right. You are standing in this room that has these bookshelves on all along the walls. You can see that there is this hallway going to the north that goes back the way you came. You see that there's a door on the western wall um, that uh, you, you don't know what's behind that door. Um, you see that there's windows on the southern and eastern wall here in this room. And there's a staircase going down as well as this kind of strange um desk that has like some kind of um, strange arcane symbols on it as well as um, kind of some equipment some kind of weird scientific slash arcane paraphernalia hey real quickly while while the unicorn is still around how's everybody doing for health at about three quarters Same. Yeah, I'm, I'm right there about three quarters okay all right, I might save my spell slots for, for later on. All right, here you are in this room. Are there books on the shelves, or are they just bo- empty bookshelves? So the bookshelves are empty. Um, if you look at the bookshelves, you can see that there's, like, um, a little bit of dust and maybe some um, debris from, like, rotting or decaying books. But uh, make an investigation check. Pine World is 17. Um, it looks like the dust and the decay of these of whatever books was on the shelf probably um, was not the shelves were not full before the books decayed, if that makes sense, right? So somebody had already taken a lot of the stuff off of these shelves, okay. uh, or they were never full before this room was left to um, to time. Okay. So finding no books on the shelves, Pine will call over to Colbury and say. Colbury, did you grab the book in the other room? I know you like those things. He says, actually, yes, I did. So just a heads up, he rolled a natural 20 to grab that book. Um, He was going to grab that book and it was going to fall apart in his fingers. But since he rolled a natural 20, he was able to carefully lift it off of the desk and put it into his carpet bag for safekeeping. So he does have the book. I think when we get a chance to rest, we should take a look at it. I think that's a great idea. I will uh, let you know right off the bat. He is hesitant to pull it back out of the bag. Uh, well, while they're having that discussion over the, the book, I think Nari will be trying to figure out what is going on on this desk and these funky uh, instruments. Why don't you make an Arcana check? Ooh, can I, can I help with that? You can. Okay, so Abby was very helpful to get uh, 18. Okay. Um, Nari, as you're looking at this stuff, you're like, I, I mean, you with your arcana of plus zero, you're like, I don't know what's going on. But Ebby kind of comes over and he, as you are looking at some of this paraphernalia on this, uh, on this desk, um, Ebby, you kind of remember some of the things you read in the Crystal Codex. Um, some of the devices that Neum had talked about or written about in that book. And um, the two of you are able to kind of, uh, talk through some of these things and you realize this is some of the equipment that may very well have been used in creating some of the, uh, some of the inventions that Neum talks about in that book. Um, as far as with an 18, uh, I would say, you know, that this, uh, some of these, uh, pieces of equipment were instrumental in the, the cage that traps consciousness. I'm going to go ahead and relay that to the rest of the group um, and just kind of maybe add some context in terms of some of the passages from the crystal codex, you know, just to make sure it's kind of fresh on their mind. Cage that captures consciousness. Could that have been the bird cage we saw when we entered this facility? Abby, you would know that the cage, it's a very small device in the chest of these Ormex, these deacons, right? Um, yeah. So, and it's, it's less a cage and more just that's kind of the, the best analogy for what it is. Yeah. Yeah. So just to explain it to them, it, the cage is not so much a metal cage like for 
birds or for animals or anything of that nature. It's more so almost like a a crystalline construct or a technological construct that traps almost the soul or the life force of the individual, their consciousness inside of it. They're small. It's usually what's found inside the chest of the deacons. Okay, that makes sense. Uh, Pine, you can, if you look at him at all, you can tell it's kind of like trying to explain how cell phones work to, to somebody his age. Jitterbug. <laughs> <laughs> Anybody remember those commercials, that commercial? I think that I, that joke's already come up once from that. I don't watch daytime TV, Paul. <laughs> and that was back in college. I remember watching that commercial. Anyway, uh, Colby has actually got a book out and he's writing down um, kind of descriptions of things around the room. And uh, Abby, as you were explaining things, he was actually scratching down some notes of what you were talking about as well. And as you finish, he says, wait, tell me more about this book that you were reading talking about trapping consciousness um he seems very interested to learn what you have gleaned from the crystal codex um yes well perhaps when we have a moment uh, i'll i'll make an exchange for you i'll explain some of the things i've read in the crystal codex if you'll have let me have a look at that other book that you just found we have to be incredibly careful with that book i was only barely able to get it into my bag before it started to crumble. I worry that pulling it out in these conditions will destroy it. Fair enough. You can make an insight check if you want to. Okay. Oh, have you got a nat 20 for a 25? Um, what he says makes sense, but you sense in the way he's talking, there's something else. He still is not ready to share information with you. He's still guarded. Got it. Um, so Ebby's just going to say, you know, that's that's fair enough. Um, well, then I'll be happy to tell you more about the Crystal Codex when we're at a better position. So that way we can both study the book that you found and discuss some of my findings in the Crystal Codex. Deal. Ah, uh, nuts, he said. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So there is a staircase going down. There is also a doorway to the west. Um, other than that, um, those are, and there's a, a window, um, on the, on the Eastern wall, as well as on the Southern wall of this room. Well, I'll, I'll check out the window then. Why not? And Pine will check out the Southern window. We'll just one, two, three, open. You open them. And, um, Ebby, yours is rock wall right on the edge of the window. Um, Pine, you open yours and yours opens out into blackness, into dark. And even with your dark vision, you can't see um, anything out in front of you. Hmm. Interesting. It's reminiscent of being in the chasm from last episode. I'm wondering if there's another chasm out this side. How much further down could we go? Good Lord. How deep is the world? I can always get out my butt rope and we could find out. <laughs> <laughs> there's a door and there's stairs. Shall we try the door first? Yeah, Joff, Joff will approach the door and, and check it. The door is similar to the last door um, where it slides in a slot. Um, do you want to be careful again like you were last time? Yeah, Joff will try and be careful again. Okay, make a, a sleight of hand check. And the reason why I'm doing sleight of hand is I want to see how much you can move the door to see if it's open without actually opening it. Does that make sense? As opposed to stealth? Mm -hmm. Okay. So the 16 on this one. Um, the door is unlocked. And it will slide um, actually very smoothly. I didn't explain it last time, but the door um, that led into this room from the north also slid very smoothly in its tracks. Okay. Um, I'll, I'll start walking down the hall. Uh, Nari, yeah, Nari will follow him into that, uh, into that new hallway. Okay. Yeah. Perfect. Yeah, you guys open up that door and you see it is a long hallway. Um, it heads straight west. And as... Um, uh, Joff, as you go down this hallway, it's got to be 40, 50 feet long. Um, it opens up into this small room. And as you reach this point, you realize that you are probably at the room that you could see um, when you first entered into this facility, this fortress. Um, and there was a hall to the east and a hall to the south. You are probably now approaching the room that was to the south that you did not explore yet. Oh, the, com the completionist in me is happy. <laughs> yes. Dude, same. <laughs> Uh, yes, as you enter into this room, this is another small room, another 20 by 20 room. There is a, not a desk here, there is a table here. And on this table, you see um, an old, ancient, brittle scroll, as well as another book. And then there's some like little um, 
like a little teapot, a little kind of copper teapot on this table as well. Is this another chamber pot? Oh, I've got a collection of these. <laughs> I'm going to put that pot in my backpack. <laughs> okay. <laughs> you have a copper teapot. Um, can Ebby also see what's written in the book that's laying open? Yeah, Nari's good. Nari will help him with that, too. This book, as you guys are looking at it, doesn't take any kind of investigation uh, because it's opened up to a page. And on this page, it's very similar to the other book. It is that same kind of diagram, except for this time, you don't see a bird folk type thing. Um, This time you see a deacon. You see Ebby's body, basically, drawn in that same anatomical position. And on its back, you see these metallic wings but you also see that they are crossed off and in hastily scrawled script it reads in allele out of time scrap the wings i'm gonna i will have read that out loud like translated it out loud and i think when ebby realizes that he's gonna take a beat and have the sadness of that realization hit him of it's like Oh, there were wings once. I miss those, you know, like it kind of kind of hurts a little bit. Yeah. Ebby, you don't remember your past, but it's like you're remembering it through what you're reading, right? And 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 even though you don't remember whatever, you know, wings like Neam was talking about in one of your flashbacks, you now feel that loss. That's that's sad. Um, can I also gently try to unfurl that scroll and have a peek at what's there. Why don't you make a sleight of hand check? You're just trying to be super careful with your hands and it's a very high difficulty. (laughs) This is probably not going to go well. Joff will assist him. Okay, 18. You have advantage. Okay. Still might not go well, but we're going to give it a shot. (laughs) Yeah, I rolled a 10 with advantage. Okay, as you gently, carefully try to unroll it, the scroll under your finger, like it turns to dust under your finger, and then the scroll splits in the middle as you're unfolding it, and then it kind of falls into tiny little flakes. It literally crumbles. I miss that guy. (laughs) (laughs) I wonder what he's doing right now. Flash to crumbles, eating grass and frolicking in the in the streams, having a what's it called a slow motion <laughs> horse bath again. Well, I'm I'm a little bit nervous to handle the book specifically, um, but if anybody's feeling particularly dexterous and wouldn't mind having a go with it, um, perhaps I could lend a hand with packaging this up so we can take it along with us. Joff can attempt. Colbury steps forward. Joff, are you going to step in front of him? I can. I'll offer, I'll say, I can give it a shot if you'd like me to. I'm fairly good with my fingers, but if you're feeling more comfortable, you can go ahead. Well, we could put it in our haversack. Colby's already got his carpet bag open. I, I don't think Colby needs to uh, <clears throat> take hold of it. We can yeah. we can keep it here. Yeah, Joff, please step in. <laughs> okay, yeah, so Joff will step step in and, and do his best. As you As you step up to do that, Colby puts his hand on his shoulder and says, just be very, very careful. You know, careful has not always been a trait of mine, so we'll see how this goes. <laughs> he starts to cringe just as you take a step towards the book. He's like, every step you take towards the book, he just like cringes more and more. <laughs> <laughs> so I will, so sleight of hand. Yep. DC 18. Joff got a 19 on the sleight of hand. Oh, awesome. You so gently, carefully pick it up and Ebby has the haversack open and waiting and you slide the book into the space, pull your hands out and it seems to be intact. Is, is that how I was supposed to do it? You see, um, you see like uh, uh, Colby is sitting back there with his, like his, his uh, the back of his hand on his forehead, just kind of fanning himself with the other hand like, oh, oh, that was so nerve wracking. He's got the vapors. Yeah, this is, this is a guy who literally just saw <laughs> robots trying to kill him. And this is what he was afraid of, was that you were you're going to destroy that book. Ebby, Ebby closes the haversack and then reaches a hand out and touches Joff's arm and says, you've done so well. 
You have such a gentle touch. <laughs> oh. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks. I mean, you know, in a in a gruff and, you know, powerful sort of Anyway, should we get going? Is it uh Yeah. Time let's, to go deeper uh, into this. Let's see if there's any other books I can pick up for you. I, I don't know. <laughs> I think we should uh, check out those stairs, it seems like. Unless you two need a minute. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I think we're good. Let's I, let's go to the stairs. If Yeah, I mean, if he, th- if he says, yeah, we're good. We're good. Pine is gone. Pine's <laughs> already over by the stairs. Okay, Pine's over by the stairs. Perfect. What is your marching order? Um, Pine can go first. Yeah, Dari doesn't mind going up in the front as well. Yeah, I guess same thing for Ebby. I can sneak if you guys want me to go scout and then come back. Any one of us can go first. I like the idea of scouting, though. Although last time you got us into trouble. <laughs> I was just trying to open the door, and I thought that a, sev- a 16 was a good enough roll to get me there. I know, I know. I'm just giving you a hard time, John. <laughs> <laughs> we'll wait for your whistle again. Yeah, g- give me a moment. I'll, I'll head on down. We're just joffing with you. <laughs> <laughs> terrible. Oh, terrible. Around. I loved it. All right. I rolled a nat one, which got me eight. And then I rolled a D8 for Squire helping me. And I got another eight. So it's a 16. Oh, wow. That was that could have been very, very bad. Oh, yeah. that was a roller coaster right there. Yes. Oh, man. Okay. Um, Joff, you go down this staircase. The staircase kind of goes, um, it's not like it's a spiral, it's a squared off spiral, if you know what I mean. Like you go down some steps, you get a landing, and then you turn a corner, and you go down, down, down. Um, You imagine you've gone down probably about 20 feet before it opens up into this small room. It's like a small room, it's like uh, 15 feet by 20 feet. Um, And at the north end of this room, you can see that there is a hall that stretches to the west. I wonder why they built stairs when they could fly. Well, the wings were scrapped, remember? They were probably weren't scrapped when they built this place. Well, maybe they were just very open to entertaining people that didn't have wings. Non-winged folk, if you will. The plebes! <laughs> All right. As, as you are, you get up to this hallway, um, Joff, and you can see the hallway stretches far to the um, west, further than your vision can te- can uh, can show you with your dark vision. But it looks like um, probably about twenty feet down the hallway on the south side, there's a very large archway, and it looks like there is some kind of a of a path heading south, a, a wide ten foot wide archway. Um, and that's what you see. Okay, so Joff will whisper that there's an arch and he's gonna go and take a peek. Is everybody else following him down or are you whispering through your psychic connection? I'll whistle, oh, yeah. I'll whistle for him to come down. Okay. All right, Joff, you are in this hallway. You see that archway about 20 feet, 30 feet down the hallway. All right, as you get to this large arch, you can see um, that further down the hall, um, to the west, it looks like it opens up into another room. And to the south, this archway opens up into this wide hall with this elaborate floor. Um, like the tiling is, um, it's actually, it looks like it's wood, like a wood floor, um, sort of a, a nice pattern, dark wood floor. And then uh, that hallway stretches about 15 feet and then it Uh, There's another um, kind of arch, and it has this large door uh, that is closed that you can't see past. Again, this door is made out of metal. It's got copper and brass. It looks very, um, very uh, elaborate, very uh, beautiful. Um, And it's actually two doors that come together, like two um, sliding doors that slide into each other. Again, it looks like they are the same kind of pocket doors you've been dealing with. Okay. Um, I'll I'll uh, whisper back to everybody behind me. Do we want to check down the hallway, or do we want to open these doors? I mean, these doors look pretty pretty important. Agreed. Okay. Geoff will try and quietly open the door. Uh, why don't you make a... You know that these doors, how to open them, so you can do either stealth or sleight of hand. I'll let you choose. It's the same modifier for me. Okay. Got a 14. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to have... I'm going to have a little help from Squire. I can do it two more times today. Okay. And add a D8. So 14, and I'm rolling a D8 to add on there. Got a 3, so 17. 
you open the doors and you see this large room. It looks like it's about um, 50 feet by 60 feet. Um, and you can see at the far end, there's another like big, large archway. Um, and then on the east wall and on the west wall, there are these smaller, um, these smaller doorways. Um, four pillars in the middle of the room. And in the middle of the room, you also see two more of these smithing Ormex and two more of these anvil Ormex. They did not know you were here until you opened the door. They turn, look at you, the smiths with their hammers clang them together. The anvil ones turn and start hobbling towards you. And we are going to roll initiative next time. We're doomed. <laughs> Thanks for playing. Um, hopefully you guys have had a good time delving into this ancient facility um, full of strange contraptions, some interesting reading if you get around to actually doing any reading of these books that you've got, um, and uh, a lot of danger. All right, guys. Well, thanks for playing. And until we see you next time, which will be next year, I hope you have a great time.